0: Hi, Filmatics. Thanks for tuning in. Today, we have a very special guest, Brian Jagger. Jagger, like Mick Jagger. Brian is a WAVE cable award-winning director and writer, and his feature film director debut called Paranormal Prison is being released February 19th, 2021. So we're recording in in, uh, the end of January, but by the time this comes out, um, it will be around June. So... His first uh, film, Paranormal Prison, will be released, so check that out. Brian, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. been looking forward to this for a while.
0: Oh, great. We're so happy to have you. And Brian, where are you remote uh, recording with me today?
1: I am living in Boise, Idaho, and uh, loving every second of it.
0: Boise, Idaho. Wow. So it's January right now, the end of January literally January 31st 2021 and how is it snowing there or what's the weather like
1: you know it actually doesn't snow that much here people uh, people think that it snows a lot but it really doesn't it's uh, it's pretty light and so it's, it's a little cold it's been in the 30s pretty consistently sometimes uh, it'll get up into the 40s so it's a little chilly uh, compared to California but it is overall not uh, not too much snow but yeah a little chilly
0: uh, did you hear that Malibu had snow? There was snow in Malibu. Is that crazy?
1: <laughs> that is crazy. I've I've heard of that before, but I didn't hear that that was recent. But that yeah. uh, that that would be something to see.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that was fun. Um. So, uh, Brian, growing up, what was one of your favorite childhood films? Uh, I always
1: loved Die Hard. Uh especially like in the teenage years uh, that was that was probably my favorite my favorite film i can't remember what year that came out but I, I i don't know what it was about that movie it's it's definitely not what many would consider a cinematic masterpiece but it's really good entertaining story and so for me i've always it's one of those movies i can watch over and over again because even though i know it's going to happen it's it's just a fun adventure story that always uh, keeps you entertained so for me that's kind of what it boils down to
0: yeah it's so entertaining and all those uh good lines that bruce willis has really really it is a fun movie so um so because you're a director and you're you know you have this great film i was wondering um do you have a favorite criterion movie that inspired your career you
1: know i've what's interesting is it, the the film that if i had to pick a, a criterion collection film that was an inspirational was inspirational for kind of a couple of different reasons there's the business side of it and then there's the artistic side of it for the same film and it's movie the kid with charlie chaplin and it's because from an artistic standpoint i really i think there's a lot of value in reminding actors today that Physical um, emoting can be extremely powerful and that lines are a means to an end. But if you can communicate without lines, um, you you are truly delivering a performance that's that much stronger. That's the artistic side. So I'm, I'm a huge Chaplin fan.
0: Oh, yeah. That's a good one you picked. The
1: other side of it is the business side. So I, I started in the, in the entertainment industry as an actor, but I, um, migrated into casting and then into directing and writing. And as a casting director, I worked with a lot of kids and I have, I have two daughters myself, both of whom have uh, worked as professional actors. And having been a casting director, working with kids, uh, casting kids in California, and go and i had to really learn the laws behind the rules and casting kids both from a casting director standpoint and from a parent standpoint so i got really good at knowing all the rules for casting kids and and the laws in california and the bank accounts that you have to get for Uh, for kids uh, for minors to have uh, productions put their portion of the uh, their payment into is called a Coogan account and it's called a Coogan account because of Jackie Coogan and what his parents did from the movie the kid Um, and so there's that two-sided aspect there's the there's the the industry history side of it uh, that, that that film represents and then there's also The artistic side of that being a little more of a dramatic film for Chaplin, a little more of a a, a different type of tone and showing the true entertainment value and performance value from somebody that that can be delivered without having to speak the lines. And so for me, those those two combinations of both the business professional history and the artistic performance history make that my uh, one of my my favorite and most interesting films, I think.
0: Oh, beautiful. And so, um, since you're a director, what's one of your favorite directors and um, favorite film shot?
1: Yeah, I have been a Ron Howard fan for, since I can remember, I think the, one of the, I think Splash and Splash, um, I remember seeing Splash and then um, seeing uh, some other films that that, that Howard had done, Cocoon, uh, and and remember and then thinking that's the guy from uh from happy days and, and and just finding that fascinating and just kind of his trajectory and not to mention that uh though i didn't say it is my favorite film apollo 13 i think is one of the best directed films i think that's one of the biggest uh, robberies in in oscar history was him not getting the oscar for that he got it later but not for apollo 13 but i mean apollo 13 is a movie where you know what the ending is going to be and yet you are on the edge of your seat that whole movie and i i think that that historical reenactment film with that level of excitement and interest was such a an amazing job but i was a fan before that but that really clinched it for me and i actually had the Amazing honor of directing Ron, Ron's dad, Rance um, in a uh, in a comedy skit a few years back. Uh, that before before Rance Howard passed, so that was that was a really special experience.
0: Aww, beautiful. And so, your favorite film shot um, was it in Apollo 13 or?
1: You know, it's hard to pick a shot. I I'm I'm somebody who really likes. Uh, I will be watching a movie and I like certain shots or what they do for that film. So I think it's hard to say that I have a specific favorite shot. I, I like reflections personally, so I'm, I'm a big fan of whenever a DP uses or a director uses a, a reflection shot to kind of uh, tell a story um, and, and to kind of set a scene. But there's so many, but if, if it doesn't, you know, just to have a good reflection shot doesn't mean it's a good shot. It's gotta be part of the story. So I think that there's too many good examples of that to, to narrow it down to one, but I think that the kind of criteria to me for a good shot, or the things that I like, are um, kind of those, those reflection shots of, of a character where they have both the physical reflection and the emotional reflection, and it helps tell and advance the story with that reflection shot.
0: I love that. I love that. Because um, we are, our, our, our <laughs> listeners love learning about um, directing and um, hearing how directors uh, shoot a movie and then even talking about their favorite film shots. So we love talking about that here in Filmetics, as you know. But I also want to let everyone know we love fun things here too. And um, can you tell me what one of your favorite lines from a movie is?
1: So uh, I. <laughs> I love, absolutely love, it's one of my favorite comedies, the movie Johnny Dangerously with Michael Keaton. And there is a running, have you seen that movie? I, I have not. Okay. It is, I think, a hidden gem of a movie. It's got uh, some amazing, Peter Peter Boyle is in that, uh, Joe Piscopo. Uh, Danny DeVito is in that, uh, again, Michael Keaton is the, is the main, main character. He plays Johnny dangerously. It's kind of a spoof on the, uh, the, the Al Capone era type gangster movies. And, uh, Joe Piscopo's character has kind of this running gag through the movie where somebody will do something to him and he'll reference that somebody else did that same thing to him. And, but they only did it once. Uh, and so it'd be like, you know, my, uh, my, my mom hit me once, once, and then as the movie pro- progresses, he can, the, the level of things that happened to him and that, that only happened to him once and once it continues. And I like just the ongoing callback of that, of the nature of that for me is, is just so much fun when he, you know, he'll later on, he gets shot and my grandma shot me once. Once, as if it was a threat, like he's going to do something about it, it's, it's, uh, it, it's, it's, it's really fun. It's, it's silly fun, but it's fun.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh, my mother shot me once. Once, I love that. That's uh, that's going to stick in my head, and everyone's going to like email me. That's stuck in my head all week. I go, oh yeah, Brian Jagger, bring it on. Uh-huh. But he can cast you or direct you, so be nice. <laughs> So, and Although also, if I had to
1: pick a second favorite, I would pick uh, Lloyd Bridges in Airplane. Uh, I, I picked the wrong day to quit Sniffin' Blue.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're so funny. I love it. And also your favorite character. You love Office Space and the character.
1: Milton. He- I love I I've- I love Mike Judge's work, and I think uh, not all of his work, but I, I love most of his work, and I love the Milton character. I love him even from the shorts to uh, to what he did with Office Space, and uh, uh, I, I think that they, they had a lot of fun with that character not being necessarily the prime, but not necessarily, not at all, the, the, the prime character, but just enough comic relief to kind of continue the story and, and still help support the story and actually be a part of it and not just be a comic gag, but actually have a purpose uh, and with some great lines too. So, and another very quotable and and funny character. And, you know, I don't know uh, if, if, if you're familiar with this story, but uh, Swingline did not make red staplers before the movie office space. And they were, once that movie hit, uh video because it was not a box office success but once it hit video and it became a video success uh they had so many demands for red staplers that they started making them just as a result of that movie and that character
0: i love that so red staplers (laughs) okay so uh that's really cool how like um uh movies and tvs can influence products and sales so um yeah exactly the ones that don't even exist I love it. So maybe we should make a prop for filmatics. So like a filmatics mug and then a purple stapler. How about that? A purple one and then there you go. There with you go. With, a, with a dog bite, with a little face on the end with a little teeth. And so like, it's like animals that are chomping down on things. <laughs> so, yeah, right. And it makes noise too and lights up. So, uh, you know, <laughs> contact me now. That's you. gonna be an expensive stapler. <laughs> and it's like an automatic stapler. You press a button, you know, like staple all your things, but then <laughs> it goes on a mad dash around the house and it meets your, ro- ro- your robot vacuum cleaner and then it's all over. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> you know I'm a I'm a writer too. I write children's books, so uh forgive me. I went off over there. <laughs> but uh that everything's was fun. A,
1: everything's a comical monster.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, monster we love monsters here. Bloober goober. Okay, so anyhow, let's uh let's talk about how Brian, Brian, how did you start your career? Everybody listens is like, how did they start? How did they make it? So can you share?
1: Yeah, I, I had an interesting start. I I I didn't know what I didn't know, and I didn't know I didn't know
0: it, is how I like to put it. So, I like that. We're going to use that quote for you. T-shirts. Can you say it again, Brian? T-shirts. We're selling T-shirts and hats right here. What is it?
1: I didn't I didn't know what I didn't know, and I didn't know I didn't know it.
0: T-shirts right here. Get your orders now from Brian Jagger. Right here. Right here. You're the first. Uh, t-shirts and hats at first then pencils later. <laughs>
1: uh i i just i can't even remember how i found the first audition i just it was one of those things where I'd, I'd always wanted to be uh you know i was always interested in acting and in 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 that mentality from when i was a kid but i never really i grew up in a very small rural area i was never able to pursue it especially when i grew up and so uh when i was an adult i had the opportunity to Try out for for a commercial, and uh, it was a spec commercial, so it wasn't even a paid job. It was just a, a spec spot, and so I went to this uh, this open audition that you know some guy's uh, office, and show up. I don't know what I'm doing. No, I done I had done theater and such before, so uh, it wasn't like I'd never done anything, but I'd never done anything on camera, and so I uh, I, I went. And I got, I just, I did the audition, but while I was waiting, I started talking to a gal who was there and uh, said, you know, where do you find your auditions? And she said, Oh, there's this website online you can go to. And, and, uh, and I was in the Sacramento area at the time, Sacramento, California, and this was a site that was for San Francisco. And so I said, Oh, I'll I'll have to look that up. And so I found the website and I went on there and, and, I created a profile and and paid my thirty bucks or whatever it was, and within like a day, I got a a, a call for a TV show saying they needed an extra. So I was okay, and so I went. I, and then the call was like at eleven o'clock at night, and they need somebody at seven o'clock the next morning.
0: Oh my god! Yeah, <gasps> yeah. yeah <sure. laughs>
1: And so I, and, you know, pays a hundred bucks or whatever, and so I, I did it. And, you know, I showed up early and I was ready to go. And and for me, excuse me, for me, it was the the excitement of it wasn't doing the role. It was getting to see this TV show being shot. And so I, I, I viewed it as, you know, I was somebody that was and still is, uh, you know, would get a, a DVD or, or now, uh, you know, buy a movie online just so I can see the behind the scenes features. Uh, that's that's almost more important to me than the movie sometimes, and so going to this TV show production to me was was like getting paid to go watch BTS all day, and and so I viewed it like that. And so instead of having conversation, I mean, I talked with other people, but I I really soaked up as much as I could as a sponge, and it was just as professional as I possibly could be, in trying to observe more than talk and do, and so. So that went well and and uh, fast forward about mm, months later in that same show that same production company was doing another show and they brought me back in to be a, an extra again <clears throat> and uh, the assistant director for this new show was the was the assistant director on the other show and he he commented about uh, me being really professional and, and appreciating that, and how people sometimes just chit chat on set and don't observe and listen. And so he appreciated that, and uh, he he found out some information and in, about the uh, one of the roles, and he came over to me and he said, "Hey, I want to bring introduce you to the director real quick." And I thought that was a little odd, and so he brought me over to the director and introduced me, and and. Um, the director asked me a couple of questions. Now, this is a crime reenactment type uh, type show, so not a lot of dialogue, but they basically just asked me a couple of questions and had me say a couple lines really quickly, and he said, yeah, this works, and they, what had happened was the guy playing the primary antagonist in that episode of that new show uh, couldn't make it, and so they cast me in that role right there on the spot.
0: That is amazing. I love that story because your behavior was amazing and professional and you stood out because you were a star and uh, and then and the rest is history. But then like after acting, you started doing um, castings, right? You became a casting director, right? Yeah.
1: yeah. So my kids got involved with acting as well and uh, was actually on set of a production that my my oldest daughter was cast in. So I wasn't even there as an actor. I was there just as a parent and the director was, talking about looking for somebody he and i just started chatting and i mentioned that i knew somebody that would be a good fit for it and and he said uh all right well you know let me let me know if you really do and i did and i connected it and and, and got him actually three people and after i had gotten him a few people for a few different episodes uh just on referrals he said okay this is uh this is getting kind of silly now why don't we just bring you on as our casting director
0: and that was
1: and, and so that i was i was great and so that was like 2012 ish uh or so and that or maybe 13 but that was for a web series called smosh which was the uh at the time and may still be the biggest original content narrative uh web series on youtube and so they had uh they were filming every week and they had lots of lots of uh, Roles being cast and so I got uh, I got involved with casting really fast and then people heard I was doing that and then they would bring me on to do other projects and so it just kind of skyrocketed from there to to becoming a a pretty much a full-time casting director.
0: And, and the smash, how do you spell that so our listeners can look that up on YouTube? It's um...
1: S-M-O-S-H
0: And your daughter was in that too, right?
1: Yeah, my daughter was in it um, and That was actually, she was in an episode. Oh gosh, I can't remember the name of the episode anymore. Um, But uh, yeah, she was in an episode, and that was that episode is how um, that all got started for me casting. And then all of a sudden, my name starts appearing in the credits after that, Uh, shortly after that episode, as the casting director.
0: Oh, yeah. And can you tell us a funny story on the film set? Because I think um, people will love this story.
1: Oh, um, Gosh, I gotta, I gotta think. Let's see here. Um, the
0: Philip Seymour
1: Hoffman story. Oh, I wouldn't know. I do not know that I would say that was a funny story, but it was uh, very similar to the one I was, I was mentioning about kind of getting that, that bumped up role in the TV show. This is kind of the same thing happened for my very first film role was I was cast as a non-union extra in the movie, The Master. And I was one of, gosh, I don't know, 200 plus background actors in a scene. And again, I was just standing being a sponge observing and uh, and uh bringing in all the information and the first ad noticed that i was not you know, chit-chatting and and causing issues and that i was professional and listening and, and attentive and he thanked me walked up and he thanked me for that and he said i'm going to bring you closer to the front because i need i need professionals closer to where the main scene's happening so he moved me closer to the front and then left me there and then not too long after that, the director, Paul Thomas Anderson, walks by and he stops and he looks at me and he, he just he says, uh, you know, I just realized something. And I'm kind of looking around like, "Wow, why, why is he talking to me? <laughs> and uh, he says, I just realized that we nobody in this movie calls Philip Seymour Hoffman's character. Well, he's called him Phil. Uh, Phil's character, uh, the Master, and I want them to. And he says, "Do you know what the story is about?" And I'm looking at him like I'm a non-union extra. I have no idea what the story is about. But I didn't say that. I just said, "No, sir." And he said, "Well, it's a, it's kind of a, a loose version of the L. Ron Hubbard story, but it's not really that. But it's kind of the that kind of mentality of a, of a, of a group leader who's a writer, and and he starts to kind of tell me the story. I'm like, this is really weird." And so he says, "So I want to, have, I want to have somebody greet uh, Phil at the dock and say, uh, and, and say that it's a nice to meet meet Master." And so I'm gonna have you do that. And I was like, mm, "Okay." And so then he, and then he he looks at me. And he goes, uh, "Okay, uh, Phil." And he turns around. and He starts yelling for Philip Seymour Hoffman. And he's yelling, "Phil!" And Philip Seymour Hoffman comes over. And he goes, you know, Paul Thomas Anderson says, uh, "Phil, this is." And, of course, he didn't even know my name. So I said, uh, Brian, I said, Brian, what would it be if it were the the 30s? And I said, uh, Robert. I just made up a name that I had heard recently. And he said, yep, that works. So you're going to be Robert. So they he just has us do the scene real quick. And so now all of a sudden I go from being one of 200 people earlier in the night. I was like, hey, I think I see Philip Seymour Hoffman over there. To now I'm doing a scene with him. And so I went. And that is that is how I went from non-union extra to full SAG principal.
0: Oh, that's a great story. I love that tip. So, um, be nice on set professional and quiet and you too might get that PTA Paul Tom and Anderson bump you up to a speaking. Did, <laughs> did you say, Hey master, nice to meet you. <laughs>
1: it was a, it was a great experience. Plus, and then I also got to hold Amy Adams's hands, helping her down the steps in that scene. Uh, I got to meet Jesse Clemens and talk with him a lot. Super nice guy. Uh, Raheem Malik was uh, was there in that scene as well, and I actually had dinner with him. Um, and so, yeah, it was uh, definitely a, a one night I will never forget for the rest of my life, and then some.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. So during COVID, can you tell us what you've been doing? You've been making this film.
1: Well, actually, the film was done before COVID, but we finalized the post-production and kind of the sales process for it. So that's been an interesting experience. This is my first film. Um, and I was I was part of the production as well, so I've been helping on the back end of, of that process. So seeing kind of the uh, uh, the the sausage get made, if you will, of the distribution part and the 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 back end of the business part, definitely a learning experience. Uh, and I, I, again, it's another example of I didn't know what I didn't know until I realized I didn't know it. Um, and I so that's happened during this during the COVID time uh, i've actually been on three four four different sets during the time period i was on a set right when everything was happening i was on a set in march uh then i was on a set in june no, july um all, all around different parts of the country then there was another one in uh, september uh two in september and throughout in different parts la and, and seattle and so i have been all over the country doing uh, a few productions and it's been very interesting the different uh the different scenarios in which the the compliance has been enforced and and uh and, and worked on so it's been i shouldn't pretty pretty active with with production still uh because I, st- I i also go to sets and help ad as well um so in addition to casting still so it's been it's been actually pretty busy but there's also a lot more remote casting, so I've been able to do some productions where I don't, I'm not a part of the production, but I'm able to just do all the remote work and don't have to travel. So in some ways, it's been kind of nice.
0: I like that. So so you're working on, can you tell us like this audio, can you tell us the name of your audio that you've been doing? I love the name.
1: Entertainment. Uh, so the entertainment you said? Yeah. Yeah, so we're trying to to work on kind of this, uh, a few different ideas for making some more options for folks uh, for audio opportunities because there's there's a lot of interest in that not just uh, in the U.S. There's a lot of interest in it in um, the Middle East. There's a lot of interest in it in Russia. There's a lot of interest in narrative audio content, and it's not audio books but more radio play style. And I know you're familiar with this and so we're we're hoping that uh, there's some opportunities there and then helping um uh possibly cast for those for folks because we have a great network that we work with of actors and so helping folks like yourself who are making great co- content like that help find some amazing voice actors
0: oh thanks so much brian I, I really appreciate that and so uh so i want everyone to know where can they reach out like on facebook to see what movies are coming up for you so they can support um your films
1: yeah, I appreciate that. My my best social media is is Facebook. So it's uh, you know, just FB, because a well, lot of people don't realize this, but you can just use FB.com as a short way to get to Facebook. So just FB.com forward slash Brian Jagger uh, is the best way to find me. And I usually have all my links there.
0: Oh great. And then um, so your film, can you say the name of your film and where can they see that? Like where where can they go watch that?
1: Yeah, uh, it's Paranormal Prison. And comes out February nineteenth, twenty twenty one. Like I said, this will probably be released after that, after the film releases. But uh, I have been told that it's going to release on pretty much every uh, available to rent platform. So Voodoo, Amazon, um, uh, cable on demand for quite most of the major cable carriers, um, okay. Playstations, movies, all the all the all the major ways to uh to buy apple tv all the major ways to to buy movies online
0: oh great and um yeah you really like the paranormal genre you also have a film that uh another paranormal right a, a skeptic or a paranormal too right
1: no, that's uh we're we're looking no it's 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 the the movie has a has a show within the movie
0: okay and okay yeah all right so yeah so this is just so fabulous to have you on the show Uh, Brian, so check out his movie. Uh, Can you say it again? So they can go uh, rent it on Voodoo or Amazon. It's Paranormal
1: Paranormal Prison
0: Paranormal Prison. Okay. Yeah, is it a thriller? Oh, it's thriller, right?
1: Yeah, it's a thriller. It's actually a really clean thriller. Uh, There's there's very 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 little swearing. There's no gore It's definitely much more of a psychological thriller than anything Oh, great. It's kind of of built as a horror movie, and it's definitely got scares in it, but it's uh, it's much more of a psychological horror.
0: Oh, great. I can't wait to see it. And so, Brian, just want to say thanks for coming on the show today. It's been fabulous.
1: Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, and thank you to all our listeners. Thanks for tuning in. Um, Stay healthy, and uh, we will see you next week. Bye, everybody.